The latest ESPN preseason bracketology projections have the Tar Heels as a four seed in the 2024 NCAA tournament. You telling me Carolina can go from missing the tournament one year to a top four seed the next season? Hmm. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, August 14th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Coming up on the show today, we have kind of the latest and potentially last news on ACC potential expansion for this offseason. And want to talk about a uh, kind of where Carolina's at in terms of basketball projections ahead of next season and a historical trend that has not been good for the Tar Heels. By the way, two weeks from right now, it will be game week leading up to North Carolina versus South Carolina. Hard to believe that we're already there, but it's coming quick. All right. So this question that, that I posed in the cold open off the top, Joe Lenardi in his latest bracketology, which is from like midweek last week, has projected Carolina as a four seed in next year's NCAA tournament. Now, at this point, I, I know there's so much offseason movement, but it's essentially, you know, aside from a few pieces for a few teams here and there, all but done. And so we can legitimately start to look at this now as like, okay, this is what these teams are. So, as I said, Lenardi has Carolina as a four seed. And then on Friday of last week, Dick Vitale put out his preseason top 25 and has Carolina at number 15 which if you're you know, projecting that out, translates to a four seed. You'd have teams 13 through 16 would essentially be a four seed in the NCAA tournament. So this caused me to really start thinking over this weekend and, and, and processing it a lot. Can North Carolina, who missed the tournament last year, rebound and become a four seed, maybe even better, in the 24 NCAA tournament? It's a great question to ask, a fun question to ask, but and potentially a scary question to ask because if it goes the wrong way again, that would be tough. Well, let's look at some history of this. What has happened in the other years immediately following a year in which Carolina misses the NCAA tournament? And we'll do this in the modern era of the tournament. What I mean by that is going back to 1985, which was the first year that the field expanded to 64 teams. Interestingly enough, this is just the fifth time that that's happened. Carolina missed the NCAA tournament in 2002. And what happened in 03? They made the NIT. So obviously they missed the NCAA tournament the second time in 03. What happened in 04? They were a six seed from 2010 to 2011. They were a two seed. And then from 2020 to 2021, they were an eight seed. Now I know, I know there was no tournament in 2020. But we, 
we were done. We had already lost out of the ACC tournament. We were not going to make it. Had there been a 2020 NCAA tournament, we would have not been in it. So from a technical records book standpoint, yes, I, I recognize that it wouldn't have been a thing. But you're with me, right? Yes. Okay. So then the question becomes, what happens from 23 when Carolina didn't make the NCAA tournament to 24? So far, it's happened four times prior to this in the modern era. Carolina has been a two seed. That was the highest. A six seed, an eight seed, and made the NIT. So they've made the NCAA tournament three of the prior four times they've done it. Um, but only once been higher than a, a six seed, for example. And that was a two. So can Carolina go from missing the tournament to a four seed or better? They've done it. But history would suggest that they would not go to a four-seater better because three of the four times it hasn't happened. But here's the thing. Hold the phone, right? Because we are living in a time now that is not normal history. This is a whole brand new era of college basketball. And so in this new world, here are some things that I, I want to keep in mind. And then specifically in terms of this year's team, what why they might be able to do some of this. So I'm going to give you uh, six things to keep in mind about why Carolina might be able to make this leap from no tournament to top four seed. Number one, as I just said, this is a different world. What do I mean by that? Well, number one, we're living in the era of the one-time transfer waiver. We are living in the era of where there are still players taking advantage of their COVID eligibility, such as Armando Baycott this year, Cormac Ryan, Paxton Wojcik, a couple examples, and the era of NIL. So all three of those things going on together right now means that a team could be incredible one year and terrible the next. And I know that can happen prior to this, but it's more likely to happen more consistently in this era or the flop, the flop, the opposite of that is true. You could be out of the tournament one year and right back in it the next and near the top of it. Why? You just go do what you need to do in the transfer portal and you're good. You can get old in a hurry. And this Carolina team is that. We talked about it last week. This Carolina team is old. Two freshmen, two sophomores, all of the other scholarship players are juniors, seniors, or grads, or fifth year, whatever you want to go with. So. More often than not, now in this new era, the inconsistency of the world is, is going to be the norm rather than the standard. And particularly so in basketball, where it doesn't take many personnel pieces to turn things around in a hurry. You add a couple pieces to a guy like RJ Davis and a guy like Armando Baycott, you could be in good shape in a hurry. All right. So that's number one things to keep in mind why it's possible. It's a whole new world. Number two, we don't know R.J. Davis without Caleb Love. And I in no way am saying this as a bash on Caleb or R.J. for that matter. I'm just saying we don't know what to expect out of R.J. fully, right? We, we, we know who he is. We know what he's capable of. But I, I just think we're going to get a different R.J. Davis this season without Caleb Love. I don't know what that's going to be, but it's it's something we have to consider in this question of can Carolina go from no tournament to a four seed. Thirdly, we don't know what Armando Baycott is with a true honest to goodness point guard in the mold of an Ed Coda, a Kendall Marshall, an Elliot Cadeau. We're going to find out this year. Going to find out. Now, 
you know, I mean, his freshman year, he had a little bit more of that, I guess we could say, but um, I, I think this is the the first true legit that I would say he's had. So what is that going to mean for Armando Baycott this year and what he could do differently? Number four, a big part of the answer to this question is going to be Elliot Cadeau's consistency. When we talk about that point guard conversation, does Elliot run into a freshman wall? Is he able to stay insanely high level all year? There are probably going to be some, some peaks, I would imagine some valleys, but are the peaks greater than the valleys? If so, Carolina is going to be in good shape. And then the last two things, number five, the shooting. As we've talked about on this show, Carolina had the second worst three-point shooting percentage in Carolina history last year. It projects based on who they've brought in, based on hopefully RJ's right index fingers good, that this should be a much better shooting team, like a really, really strong shooting team. But they got to do it. If so, you're in good shape in this flip-flop. And then the final, the sixth thing that I want us to pay attention to is the shooting, yes, and the sharing as well. Uh, we'll talk about this some on tomorrow's show. Really interesting conversation with a head coach that's been part of Carolina basketball camps uh, for two decades now. His name is Coach Bill Robinson. And he's going to share some really interesting insights about some things he thinks about this team. But that includes this team's ability to share the ball much better than what we saw last year. So if Carolina is able to do that, and and looking at these other factors that I've just mentioned, you can go from out of the tournament to a top team in a year because of the transfer portal. We don't know RJ Davis without Caleb Love. We don't know Armando Baycott with a true honest to goodness pass first point guard. Elliot Cadeau's consistency, the shooting and the sharing. So those are my things that I think if they play out right, could put Carolina in that top four seed conversation. A couple other quick things out of Dickie V's top 25 and that bracketology. Dickie V's top five in that are Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, and UConn. As far as ACC teams, only three of them in there. Duke at two, Carolina at 15, as we mentioned, and then Miami at 16. I think Dickie V's a little bit lower on Miami than most of the other folks that I'm seeing when they put out top 25, but uh, we'll see how that goes. As for Lenardi's bracketology, his one seeds right now are Kansas, Purdue, Duke, and Michigan State. That holds with the, the Dickie V stuff there. The two seeds, Creighton, interesting, Tennessee, UConn, and Houston. And then there's five ACC schools projected in his field right now. Duke, a one seed, Carolina, a four seed, and then several fringe teams, Miami, nine, Clemson, 10, and Virginia, and 11. So uh, folks are looking at potentially another not high-level year for the ACC. That'll be interesting to work at wrapping our brains around. And by the way, if those seeds hold, as Lunardi's projecting, that means Carolina would play a one seed twice, Duke, and would play two different two seeds within a three-game stretch, Tennessee and UConn there. And the other team in that stretch is Kentucky. So that, that three-game stretch of the non-con is going to be something brutal. Now, here's the other thing about this whole conversation. It got me thinking, you know, it feels like it's been a minute since Carolina has had a sweet 16-level seed number next to their name. Is that true, or am I thinking things? So I went investigating. And what I found was really interesting. 
<laughs> We're going to talk more about that in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire, it can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% sure that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easy to create a free job post, and then you just add your job uh, to your profile along with the purple hashtag hiring frame to spread the word that you're hiring. And then you can use simple tools like screening questions to help make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right experience and skill set so you can quickly prioritize who you actually want to interview and then ultimately hire. Let's be honest, the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, you everydayers, thanks for being with us as always. As I said, we got a fun interview coming up tomorrow. Make sure you're dialed in for that. We got a mailbag episode coming up on Friday's show. If you haven't already gotten questions in for that, do it now. You can send those to lockedontarheels at gmail.com or find me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Would love to get those questions in from you. We already got a lot, but could still answer a few more. So feel free to do that. Even send in a video. Uh, submission if you would like to your name where you're from and your question 10 to 15 seconds in and out okay so this whole conversation about can carolina go from not making the tournament to a four seed or better feels like carolina's been closer to the the out of the tournament than a, a top seed in recent years which is weird because it felt like really recently it was the opposite, where Carolina was right at the top of uh, a one or a two seed for a while. So I just went to refresh my brain on some of this. Let me share with you some of this information, and then we'll look at where we're at. Recent seed history. The last four seasons. the last So that would be the last two of Coach Williams, the first two of Coach Davis. 2020, as we just talked about, there's no tournament. But again. Carolina would not have made it. Let's just be honest about that. So we'll talk about things technically, but we'll talk about things, you know, what would have happened if there had been a tournament. Carolina would have not been in it. And then 2021, an eight seed Carolina loses to Wisconsin in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Famously, the only time in Coach Williams' career he got knocked out in the first round. 2022, yes, the results were great. Carolina, you know, national runner-up, knocked off Duke in the final four, but they were an eight seed. And then obviously in 2023, did not make the NCAA tournament. So that means that in the last four years, Carolina has essentially missed the tournament twice and been an eight seed twice. Now, prior to that, yes, things had been infinitely better. Remember, Carolina was in a great stretch. I'll work backwards from most recent. 2019, one. 2018, two seed. 2017, one seed, 2016, one seed, 2015, four seed. So prior to this four-year stretch, Carolina had been on a five-year stretch of a four seed or better. That's insane. In fact, 
in the 16 seasons from coach Williams first year to this 2019 that we're talking about 16 seasons, Carolina had been a top four seed in 12 of those 16 seasons. The only years they weren't were 2014. They were a six seed 2013. They were an eight seed 2010. They didn't make it the year after the national championship NIT runner ups to Dayton. Right. And 2004 coach Williams first year, they were a six seed. Well, a couple other things. In those 16 seasons, Carolina was a top two seed in 10 of those 16. That means five out of every eight tournaments, they were a top two seed. And they were a one seed in exactly half. Half of those tournaments from 2004 to 2019, eight of those 16 tournaments, they were a one seed. So this stretch that Carolina is in is befuddling. It's mind-boggling. So... I wanted to answer that question like, okay, this four-year stretch that we're in, how often has that happened where Carolina over a period of time has been an eight seed or worse, including not making the tournament? <laughs> well, so again, the parameters. Been four straight seasons of an eight seed or worse, which is a stretch that Carolina's in right now. Prior to that, the last time it ever happened was never. Yes, never. In the 64-team NCAA tournament era, which again, I just call the modern era going back to 1985, Carolina had never had a stretch of four straight seasons of um, an eight seed or worse. In fact, even extending back to 1978, when was the first time the field was seeded, there were only 32 teams, but even extending back that far, Carolina has never had such a streak as what they're in right now. Not even in the Matt Doherty era did this happen. Not even joking. And even if you don't count the 2022 not, or excuse me, the 2020 non-tournament, Carolina has never had three straight seasons where they were an eight seed or worse. And you say to me, hang on, what about that stretch between Dean Smith and Coach Guthridge and Coach Doherty and Coach Williams? Well, Carolina was a two seed in 01, Coach Doherty's first season. Yes, they missed in 02 and 03. They were a six seed in Coach Williams' first season, 04. So the longest stretch of being an eight seed or worse is those two years, 02 and 03, prior to literally right now. Meaning Carolina is in the worst stretch they've ever had of either an eight seed or worse, including not making the tournament that they've ever had. It's time to break that. Time to break that this season right now. Got to get all these guys together. It seems like they are. It seems like things are heading and trending in the right direction. But again, in this day and age of the one-time transfer waiver where all sorts of teams are new and it's harder than ever to put a program together, you just don't know what, what product teams are going to put on the floor until they actually put them on the floor. And we're not going to know that until November. And so it's like these nervous months of like, hey, what's going to happen here? Can Carolina get back to the consistency of what they've been doing throughout their history? And, and in this case, talking about all the way back to, you know, 1985 or 1978 as the tournament first started being seeded. That's what we're talking about. This is a historically non-Carolina four-season stretch. Now, thankfully, there is that, that run in Coach Davis's first year. But just looking at the seeding of it, Carolina hasn't been Carolina in, in Coach Williams' last two years or Coach Davis's first two years. Got to flip that. 
right now. Now, we did get some more ACC realignment news over the weekend. We learned about just who are these teams that are saying no to Stanford and Cal. And the Tar Heels are one of them. We'll talk about that in just a second. All right, the latest in ACC realignment, obviously there really haven't been any dominoes that have fallen since uh, a couple weeks ago where the Pac-12 fell apart on a Friday. I guess that's more like a week and a half ago at this point. But um, if anything else is going to happen, and I'm obviously specifically talking about the ACC for our purposes, it's got to be now. Um, and I'm not saying that is like I want it to happen. I'm just saying if it is going to happen, it's got to be now because tomorrow, Tuesday, August 15th is uh, the deadline when the window to make changes for the 2024-25 academic season closes. Well, what we learned over the weekend is there was reporting first came out from Sports Illustrated, um, ESPN's Andrea Adelson, who's been all over this, uh, has, has written on it and talked about it. But we know that there were at least... Um, some at least four ACC teams saying no to uh, extending an invite to the Bay Area Pac-12 schools, meaning Stanford and Cal. I say at least four because the numbers are that 12 of the 15 ACC schools, yes, including Notre Dame, which, as I said on Friday, they, they seem to be putting too much, uh, trying to throw too much weight around when they shouldn't. But anyway, 12 of the 15 schools have to say yes to inviting these schools in to move forward. Well, that means there's at least four schools. And oddly and interestingly enough, it turns out that there are exactly four schools who are saying at least a firm no. And those schools are the Tar Heels, NC State, Florida State, no shocker there, and Clemson. And remember that group of seven that was like having their own meetings about, hey, can we get out of this grant of rights? Because we still got 13 years left up through 2036. So that group of seven was this four plus Miami and both Virginia schools, UVA and Virginia Tech. But it sounds like Miami and the Virginia schools are at, at the very least a soft yes on the Pac-12 schools coming in. But what this means is that things are right on the line. If any of these four schools were to flip the Tar Heels, Wolfpack, Tigers, or um, Seminoles, then things could move forward. But if that's going to happen, it's going to happen quick because it's got to get done tomorrow. But according to Adelson, at least as of Friday night, as of the time of this recording, uh, she hasn't put out and, and others haven't put out new information. Things might have kind of cooled off over the weekend so that people could have their weekends. But as of Friday night, these talks were not like completely dead and stopped. Um, but to me, it sure seems like it's not going to happen. Earlier in the week, we were hearing phrases like significant roadblocks. Remember when that was coming out? Well, now the discussions Adelson described as being on, quote, life support. So not dead in the water, but ultimately very close to pulling the plug on it. In fact, Again, at least at the time of this recording, there is no scheduled phone call again for the uh, the 15 presidents in the ACC. Now, as for Carolina, at least to some degree, it does surprise me that they are a no because of the academic prestige of those two schools, if they were to come in, and the Olympic sports side of things, which Carolina has the most robust Olympic sports offerings or in totality varsity sports offerings in the ACC, which is why for so long they've been considered 
um, a better fit for the Big Ten than the SEC because the SEC, you've heard me talk about, doesn't support all of these sports that Carolina participates in. The Big Ten does. Similarly, the Big Ten is a more uh, prestigious academic conference than is the SEC. That's why I've talked about that for so long. So because of those reasons, it somewhat surprises me that Carolina is a no. But at the same time, I get it because you've got to consider the president side of this and the AD side of it. From the president's side, a lot of the ACC presidents are like, yeah, this makes sense from an academic and Olympic sports standpoint. But a lot of the ADs are like, dude, budgets and travel and football and all that. Because once again, these athletic departments are having to make up right now for the next 13 years to the end of the uh, grant of rights, essentially a $30 million per fiscal year um, gap up to the Big Ten and SEC. And you start multiplying $30 million over the course of 13 years. That's a big chunk to make up. And unfortunately, according to evaluations and, and valuations, Stanford and Cal, once again, do not move the needle on that. They would not provide enough of a revenue influx to make it worth that conversation. So interestingly, the fact, like one thing that this does open up to me is I've been all in on if Carolina leaves the ACC, which again, I hope the ACC, I hope you hear me say this strong and confidently. I want the ACC to survive and I want Carolina to be a big part of that. But if they don't, I've been saying for a long time, as I just did, that they are a better seemingly cultural and athletic fit for the Big Ten. But this with Carolina, you know, being one of the schools to vote no on Canford, Canford, <laughs> that's funny. We should just start calling them that like a celebrity uh, couple nickname, like Benifer or whatever it was. Uh, Canford, Cal and Stanford or Stal. No, I like Canford better. Let's go with that. Um, with voting no on Canford, it makes me say, I, I wonder if I am overblowing Carolina's desire for like that, that Big Ten diverse set of um, Olympic sports offerings and the academia of it. I, I wonder if there is more opening to the SEC than I've thought. I don't think so, but it just at least makes me question it. Well, here, here's the deal. Here's where we're at moving forward. I think that we should, not I think, we will know more after Tuesday's deadline comes and goes about any comings or goings. Uh, is FSU going to make good on their, I don't know, threats? I guess you could call it that to to leave. I I don't see it happening, honestly. I just don't. the The financial turnaround that they would have to make to make it worthwhile just doesn't seem like it. But we'll also know will the ACC add anyone? You know, we're just like with the trade deadline in in all sorts of sports every year. Will we get um, like a Monday night or end of the you know end of the situation on Tuesday? Kind of like all right, push comes to shove, we're doing it. You know, like, will there be any of that kind of movement? Will anyone else make a change kind of out of the blue that we didn't expect? We'll find out in about 48 hours time or so. And then we'll know, because that sets, locks things in for 24, 25, unless there's just something wild that happens. So I continue to think, and I believe I mentioned this Friday, that in some regard, this seemingly ironclad grant of rights that the ACC has, because of that, there might not be any schools to add right now. That would be a significant value add. But seemingly, it's also not wise for any schools to peace out right now. 
And so because of that, I expect to see these 14 schools, 15 when you add in Notre Dame for the, you know, non-football and non-hockey stuff, um, be, be part of it and be together. And again, that's what I hope happens. So we'll, we'll circle back around once we know more, probably at the end of the week or something of that nature. Quick ending note, speaking of the football side of things, remember on Friday, we talked about Gus Ritchie who committed to Carolina on August 1st. Well, you can go ahead and forget Gus Ritchie because over the weekend on Saturday, he announced that he was flipping to NC State. Saturday was August 12th. So 11 days later, homie decides, like if you watched his video of his commitment, hanging out in his living room with his parents, all sorts of stuff going on. Something happened in between there. All sorts of speculation we could all have about it, but he's a wolf puppy, not a Tar Heel. Have fun. Good luck to you. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Kicking off the week. Always a great time to be back together. If you would, go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you leave reviews. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on audio and video formats. And if you're watching on video, please smash the like button so we know you are here. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this top four seed possibility. Do you see it? Would love to know. Thanks so much for spending part of your Monday hanging out with me. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Can't wait to chat again tomorrow. If you're a guest, come on back. We have a great time. We'll talk to you then. But until Tuesday, peace.